Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? This your boy Johnny Vegas, host of Sleepers for Billionaires, the podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right away from your phone or your computer. Creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google podcasts and many more you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started I want to be a billionaire, I ain't getting no sleep, till I see a milli every week, I want to be a billionaire, I ain't getting no sleep, till I see a billy every week, I want to be a billionaire, billionaire, I want to be a billionaire. Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas. Now today, ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat. I got a special guest on my show. This man is a SAG actor, stunt performer, and the founder of the nonprofit organization Bikes Over Banging. Ladies and gentlemen, Quarter T. Good to meet you, man. King. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me today. Thank man. you for coming through, brother. Yes, sir. You know sorry. what I'm saying? I appreciate your existence, man. I see what you're doing out there, Thank man. You, you definitely uh, you know, moving the way you want in your own direction, bro, and you're making a positive life. change. Stand in my lane, man. Definitely mm-hmm. stand in my own lane, dude. And it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So you look like you're having fun, man. You look good, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's no traffic over here, man. So hey. I get to move and maneuver and do mm-hmm. my thing, bro. That's sure. what's up, man. Well, the concept of this show is to get insider information for those looking to want to be in your position. So you as an actor, stunt performer, and a nonprofit organization founder, you know, I want you to shed light on the entrepreneurial side of things that helped you start this business and plans to maintain for the near future. But before we get started on that, where you from? I'm from LA, man. From okay, Rocks, man. born and raised? Born and raised, man. I got the towers on my arm. Okay. You know, it's a little dark, but you know, I've been I've been tanning lately. Yeah, you know, yeah okay. You've been traveling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> most definitely. But yeah, from Watts, man, um, that's pretty much the basis on my program, Bikes Over Banging. When people hear it, you know, if you're familiar with LA culture, it's, uh, it's cut and dry. Like, you, you understand it. Uh, when I <laughs> say the names of other cultures or people that don't really understand, they think banging ass and you know females. And, oh, no, they think like yeah, yeah, exactly. okay. So it's funny, you know, like <laughs> yeah, mostly, mostly <laughs> like the Caucasian descent oh. always hit me like yeah, banging dude. I'm like nah, dude, banging like bloods, crips. They're like oh, oh yeah, that's crazy. So are you a gang? I'm like nah, I mean I'm not. I'm not a gang member, you know. I have friends that are affiliates, and like, and that's another thing too that that uh, one of the first questions that comes about when people ask me about bikes over banging, like, do I get any like negative feed from it being bikes over banging? Like, oh, so what? Like, am I am I like talking down on gang members? I'm like, a lot of the times when the people that I know they're in gangs, and not that they was forced in it, but it's just like a product of their environment. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a product of my environment as well, but. I just chose a different route, you know. What right. I mean? Like my dad put a bike in front of me at a um, young age, and then that was my my motivation. That was a uh, that was the carrot on the stick, right. uh, so to speak, metaphor of what kept me in a direction that you know. Not to say that I didn't go off, you know, off the path a couple times, a couple times or a few times. You know, right. I just been blessed enough that I'm still here and I made it. You know, mm-hmm. I made it to that point or to this point, and so it's like 
with with the whole concept of Bikes Over Banging. Um, originally, um, I just saw the the influence that I carried in my community, and I saw that how I was able to redirect a lot of the energy um, by just hopping on my bike and just doing what I was doing, you know, tricks. And, you know, I would see people that would normally be focused on, like, looking, hold down a block for a minute, that split second that they see me, like, oh, you know, what's this? Oh, you know, I'm entertaining them. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It just, it just changed, and I started looking at it, and I was like, how could I capitalize on this, you know, in a positive sense? Right. And then I started doing, I was doing rides, like uh, sport bike rides, street bike rides, dirt bike rides, with all these different uh, styles of bikes, even mini bikes. Um, like 2013 is like one of the, like that's when I started it. But before, even before that, I didn't have the, the name, but I had the concept, you know, and the concept always came from, um, I believe like the way that my dad raised me and my brother. So, mm -hmm. you know, he always told us, you know, if you want this, then you can't be, or you can't be affiliated or jump into this because this is gonna, you know, counsel out what this really is, which is bike. So, right. um, you know, fast forward to back to 2013, um, you know, I was pretty much had like the streets on lock when it come to who's, when I throw like a street bike ride or dirt bike, just a ride, a big ride house, similar to the ones that you would catch on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. You know, these dudes, I was a dude, and I feel like, you know, still am the dude when it come to riding on the West Coast, but you know, now that there's a lot of other riders, younger riders, you know, that I've, I feel, you know, I've been able to influence in a positive sense to do something positive with it, what would they have, they power, they power, you know what I mean? You yeah. got a lot of power when you're in the street, so you can always use it for good or bad, and I think like, for me, I was like, I played the superhero role, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I, I felt like I could be a superhero um, and not a villain in them, you know, I could took it and been like, yo, it's bikes and banging, bikes, and, you know, like it, it could have been that, but I yeah. was like, yo, nah, because then it counts a lot of us trying to get to the next level. And yeah, the next make step. that change. Yeah, yeah, make the change. And I just saw that, like, as I was doing more things in my life with bikes, how much, you know, God was blessing me with opportunities. And I was just like, y'all need to be able to pass these opportunities down to um, the next generation. So before it was like, let me get some of the people that are already wrapped up and stuff and try to unravel them in it. But, um, it was just harder to to break through with someone who was like, you know, 10, 15 years in the game and they, they game bang it's like, yeah. and I don't have, I didn't have at the time a, um, a solution. It's, you know, if you're going to tell somebody to stop doing something, you need to have something that you can turn into an alternative. Yeah. And I was like, yo, I don't really have an alternative. Like, I'm creating that right now. So mm -hmm. the best thing for me was like, yo, I could focus on trying to help these you know, adults and help people. And I did, you know, I still do help, you know, a lot of adults, but my focus um, changed. It went to the youth. I was mm -hmm. like, yo, I might not be able to to, to redirect, you know, the older people that have are, are adults that have made decisions already. Right. I can't really steer them that much because I can't really um, <clears throat> tell them, hey, yo, you can do this now. You can do this. Because they got, you know, you get dudes who got felonies or are they in positions, they got cases and stuff like that. And not to say that it's impossible, but I was like, yo, how could I be more um, impactful mm -hmm. in my community? And I was like, the kids. So I started focusing on just the youth and um, just different neighborhoods. I was able to uh, get a bunch of different kids from different places and then bringing them together. And the kids that would normally not be affiliated or associated with each other from different neighborhoods because of, you know, whatever gang or whatever, it may be territory, whatever it may be, stuff that happened before they were even born and stuff that they might not be like, I'm not, I'm not messing with them because of it's an unwritten law. 
you know, in the streets. So it's like, yo, to not break the law, but the unwritten law, but like rewrite it. Like that's mm-hmm. what's like, yo, nah, we we gonna come together. And then, you know, my power that I use was like, y'all, like, they, oh, you dope, you nice mm-hmm. on the bike. Yeah. And I'm like, you can do that too. You can be nice too. Oh, I want to. All right, well, this is the this is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I started laying out um, guidelines for them to do it. And the ones that really stay dedicated are the ones that are still with me now, you mm-hmm. know, and their parents are big influences. And I think that like, it made a big path for uh, what we call Bikes Over Mania now, you right. know, because now these kids are, you know, three, four years in, you know, yeah. with me as a mentor. Right. And um, it changed their life. I can see a lot of change in their life as a character, how they, you know, what their their goals and and what they what they what their dreams are, you know, as opposed to when I met them and I asked them questions like that. Now you ask them, I'm like, yo, it's a total different thing. And I mean, obviously they've matured and got older, so mm-hmm. stuff changes. But I think that the stuff that I've been able to expose them to has had a big impact on that too. That's great, man. Like I said, I think that your your organization is the start to change the narrative as far as the perception that people have on gangbanging, you know, mm-hmm. and that whole culture, you know, because people see it, like you said, the Caucasian, they might look at it and just be like, oh, only think about violence and shit yeah. like that. You want to different, you want to at least steal the narratives to be like, nah, we're more than that, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, and when, I mean, what do you think, what, what do you think that comes from though, as far as like that, that perception that people have on gangbang culture? Instead of it just being um, a brotherhood of, of what it is. Because of, the, because of the real life, like, um, um, definition of it, you know, that's written, you know, what gangbanging is. And and I can't sit here and say, like, oh, gangbanging is a negative. There's a lot of negative things that come from it. But when you go back and you retract the steps of uh, history, mm. you know, it was created, you know, gangs were created to keep, you know, our minority communities together and have a structure for them to have something to lean on because as you can see now the you know the corruption in law enforcement you know it's never been a hundred percent you know worked in our favor so Mm -hmm. to keep that or keep some type of balance between that you know you they created a blood they created a crypt so there was symbols in the community so that that would back our civil rights that would back stuff so that when you have people that would come in and try to just abuse and and do things that were you know positive on our community they, they would stand in mm. and along the way it started it went from something it went to something else and a lot of that if you look like you know shout out to snowfall which is one of my favorite shows too mm-hmm. that you can, if you look at that you can see that like that had a big influence me in um, drug the drug um when they brought that the crack, the crack epidemic yeah. into our, you know, and I was a victim of that myself, you know, growing up in LA, you know, my mom was on crack for like mm-hmm. years, bro, over 10, 15 years. I'm that, sorry to hear that. I can't even Yeah, that yeah. Shit. So I was affected directly by that. And uh, um, with that, you know, it, I didn't go. She good now though, right? Nah, she good. My mom is, man, my mom is a business owner. She's That's like a hustler. She's always been a hustler, but you know, she's been able to clean up her life and she's a major part of my life and, you know I love her I've been been loving my mom even when she was doing what she was doing you know like they say it's a it's an illness once they get yeah. on it but I'm glad she was able to beat that but that's I think that changed the whole that derailed what Bloods and Crips really stood for mm-hmm. at that time 
and then it became something else. I right. mean, I'm not gonna sit here and go through the whole history. Y'all can mm-hmm. watch the That's history of Bloods yeah. and Crips, and you yeah, watch see, the Tuki movie or yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> you watch that, yeah. and then you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. But mm-hmm. I feel like um, um, with that whole with the whole like out outbreak of, of of negativity that was instilled into our community with that, I think that. For me, I look back at it and I'm like, yo, I got to get back to the root of that. You know, people don't see that, what it really was, you know, and like you said, why do people have that stigma? I mean, look at the movies, look at everything that that's about, revolved around it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, everyone knows that it's true that negative to, negative attention has a, a broader uh, reach effect. and effect mm-hmm. um, to, I mean, then compared to positive. Right. And I noticed that a lot of times too, even with my program being a positive program, like, I'll see something come up that's hasn't even been nowhere near um, as uh, concrete as what we have, mm-hmm. and I'll see that get so much attention. But you know, it's so much. It's such. It's so harder for me um, to get that same attention and get that same response to helping something positive. I mean, of course, it's it's um, it's discouraging at times, but I think I just use that and I recycle that energy to. To motivating me to, yeah. to you gotta be fueled to the fire, man, yeah. at all times, brother. Yeah, no yeah. doubt, no doubt. This game could get very discouraging. Oh, especially when man. things don't go your way, but that rent's still coming every thirty days. It's like, oh, real, shit, man. like that's that's that right there is one of the biggest things, man. Like, and even my own dad, you know, at times, like before I became who I am now, I, I would always hear that from him. Like, he didn't a hundred percent back my dreams. He was mm. like, you know. It, you know, I remember you. You know, not too long ago, and he was like, "Man, you need to. You on these bikes? You like, you need to figure your life and and do something that you know um, that's gonna pay your bills or something because you're spending so much money and you're putting so much into this. But what are you gonna do with this? Like, yeah, he what, just wanted you to have that stability. No, I know. I definitely, definitely, I understand it, and I did. I understood that then, but I was like, yo, like my passion is deeper than that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not. You know, my dad worked for the city. He's getting ready to retire. And that's good. That's good. That's a good job. Yeah, you know? and I, get that and I could, man, I could have, mm. I could have been in that so like so long ago. Like mm. I could have been into that, but I just it wasn't for me. Right. And I told him that. I was like, yo, that ain't for me, man. I'm not a nine to five kind of dude. Mm. And just like you know, and I'm like, we live in a different age where you can create. You just got to be as dedicated and as uh, productive right. as you know you would be on a nine to five, but. You know, you actually have to be more because it's not a guaranteed check. You know, you go do these hours. Like, I'm here at this interview. That I don't mean I'm not getting paid for this. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to you, right. but I'm here. We here. Right. We here to 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 do something that's going to be bigger than a paycheck. That, right. That may land a paycheck. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing. But I look at it like, you know, when he told me that, um, it was just like, nah. You know, I had to actually go on my own, go out on my own feelings and my own. You know, judgment, and I mean, I'm here now, and even now when I talk to him, he's like, "Yo, I mean, to see where I'm at now, he's like, yo, I'm proud of it. I would have never thought of that, you know, or I would have never um, pictured it because I didn't have the vision, and you stay with your vision. And my dad, you know, he had me at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't super young. He was in, he was like 20 or 21 or something like that okay. when he had me. So, um, but he was like, yo, Grimo. He switched on the Grimo. He was my dad was heavily into um into the bike scene, you know, mm-hmm. the drag race scene, the dirt bike scene. Oh, so that's what you guys bought. Yeah, yeah. My dad okay. put me under this, man. Like, no doubt, man. My dad and then my uncle Hassan put me into 
another uh another they still right now my dad still does my dad is like my dad does like a lot of the same stuff that i do okay I mean? he just does it on a um on a weekend warrior type of thing uh, yeah i do it on the regular yeah i'm doing like father son events kind of thing not events but we do we do kind of like i do a, i usually do like a, a big uh camp trip mm. um for my birthday i usually go out to like el mirage because like it's not as restricted restricted when uh-huh. it comes to um um having a certain stickers on your bike to like uh-huh. green sticker registrations like a lot of the homies from the hood don't have all that yeah, you know I mean? yeah so i can't yeah. pick certain places to go ride because it's gonna cut down that circle and i want everybody to be able to experience it Got and it. it's a flat dry lake bed so you don't have to have too many skills to actually get on the dry lake bed. We mm-hmm. take trips around the, the area where there's trails and stuff yeah. for the ones that have more skill, but like that's one of the father-son trips that we do. And then um, we do like Memorial Day and stuff like that. Um, and then I have a toy hauler, which is like a like a, like a, a RV mm-hmm. that you hook up to the back of a truck. Right. And then you can put all your toys in and close it up and then take them out, set up shop inside, AC, everything. And you just pretty much like a mobile home so mm-hmm. we usually take that and then it gives you know the kids that i mentor um a chance to experience you know another side of life so i think that's that's one thing that we do a lot together so now that's cool man so where did the acting come up in all of this you know because it sounds like you were bred to do what you're doing now which is ride bikes right. and sort of um, that 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 came about because i once i started to get into the into the movie side of things and being a stuntman. Oh, so you you started first in the movies as a stuntman, not as an actor. Yeah, as a okay. stuntman. Okay. And then, you know, they'll throw you some parts and see if you can do it. Ah. Like when I just did Bad Boys 3, you know, they Congrats threw us some, on that. Thank you, thank mm-hmm. you. I did, they threw us some, you know, some lines, just not even scripted. Just, hey, you say this, say that, do that. So you, you know, oh. gun in my hand, yo, say that, yo, yo. You gotta say our line. You got, you know? you got that sack bump. Yeah, 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 of, course, yeah. of course, of course, <laughs> man. Yeah, like that. That right there was a different too, because like, you know, I first movie I did was uh, straight out of Compton. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to F. Gary Gray too mm-hmm. for uh, blessing me with the opportunity to work on on straight out of Compton with me and um, a couple of my other homies that you know ride bikes. Um, they had a so this is up. the beginning scene when they were coming we had to the dressed street. up like Crips and we were rolling on the sidewalk Willie and doing all that yeah, 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 yeah. So okay that, that was us um and that that came from F Gary Gray because I worked with him on a, like a Nissan gig back in the day um because um before it before I started doing bike stuff I was working on cars okay I started working on cars. well I was a technician okay at a company um that did uh it's called car prep which mm-hmm. is like you take cars to set um you pretty much babysitting the cars making sure that they don't get damaged and you're working for manufacturers mm-hmm. directly you know third party through the company that i work through but you know i'm working with the art you know the art department art director directors whoever is in charge of uh, creating the content mm-hmm. for advertising ad agency so i'm working with all these different people and um we're doing a commercial for uh nissan mm-hmm. and it was like a, a carrier a bike carrier running through the streets and then like it's like um, I want to say alert system for like a um, side alert system so just look over your shoulder see a bike carrier passing through right and it was just like it was bikes in it so obviously that was kind of like a big thing in the commercial we had all these bikers and I was like talking to, uh, to Gary about bikes and then mm-hmm. obviously for me whenever I meet people I'm always networking trying to tell them what I'm doing and maybe right. seeing if there's some type of opportunity and he was like, yo, let me see that. Like, showed him some, a video 
with me and a couple other homies. Not a couple, like probably like LA. It was yeah, like yeah, 300 yeah. bikes <laughs> on a 110 freeway. And he's like, how the hell you get all these bikes? And he like, yeah, I'm seeing Bloods, Crips, homies. Like, oh, how you get all these dudes to ride together? And I'm like, through the power of bikes, bro. Like, that's why it's called Bikes Over Banging. And, you know, once you explain that and they come, once somebody comes with that, and knowing that that's the concept, you got to respect it or just you can't come around. And so you see how many people, they ain't going to just let one, two per- people come in and think that they're going to say, nah, fuck that. Yeah. It ain't going to, it's not going down. So now it's more respect. Mm-hmm. And everybody in this thing's like the common enemy at that point is, you know, I hate to say it's the police because you don't want to get shut down. You don't want to get ran over. You. Mm-hmm. So now we sticking together. We got helicopters on us. We got, it's so many different variables when it comes wow. to what bike life is and, um, you know, from the East Coast to the West Coast, it's, it's just us trying to enjoy riding our bikes because we inner city kids with nowhere to ride. Right. And um, and I think that that's like one of the biggest things about, you know, bike life. But um, back to what, you know, me meeting Gary, mm-hmm. um, talking to him, and he's a big guy, bike guy. Um, he knew a couple of people that I knew. Um, and I was, you know, we got into conversations about it. And he was like, yo, man, I'm doing a project coming up. You should be in it. You know, blah, blah, blah. And he went went back and did his research and hollered at his people just because somebody say they know a person. He like, right, let me see if you know. He hit up. They like, yo, y'all, homie, nice. He do. He he be at, in the hood all the time. He come to our events. I know who he is. And they mm-hmm. like, he like, oh, okay. So, you know, six months later, I get a call from Christopher Gray, which is a casting director, mm-hmm. and he called me and we talked over the phone and they told me I needed to get bikes from the '80s, so I had to go, you know, uh, resource bikes and transportation and getting. Riders, so it was like I pretty much became a coordinator at that point, okay, and to getting all that stuff. And we did the job, and it was crazy because, like, in the actual scene of Shred of the Compton, you won't even see me in the actual cut because we're shooting, we shot so much, yeah. And you know, you look at such a small spot of of what they use, they mm. wanted a lower light mm. when they use the actual footage. Like, I did some stuff with them, and I'm like, all right, cool, I'm in the movie, and uh, I'm still in the movie credits, I'm still in all that stuff, but it's just like. I didn't get the actual shot. You see, oh yeah, I can say that's me yeah, yeah, yeah. because they use a later cut. But um, it still was dope. And the reason that that happened was because I got that the movie was shot like a day before I got married. Oh, congrats on that. Thank that's you, thank you. So we shot the movie. It was crazy because I had to fly to Hawaii because um, I got married in Hawaii. So mm. I flew to Hawaii. Yeah, Maui. Um, um, no, Honolulu. Uh, yeah, Honolulu. Yeah, me and my brothers came from Honolulu. Yeah, it's dope. Stuff. It's dope. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did a show out there later on too. So it's on our page on Bites Over Banging. Good stuff. We'll get the content for that. So there you go. But yeah, everywhere. Look at them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, we we saw so at the fly out. Wifey fam, we flew out to to Hawaii. I got to Hawaii. Went to the courtroom. Got got all our paperwork for the weekend. Flew back to LA. Mm-hmm. Got like I got back literally like two hours before a call. I had to go pick up everything, get to set. We started, you know, setting up, getting, you know, shot. Then I had to I had to fly out that same day. Mm. So you know, as the lights dropping, it's like, yo, I gotta go. I have to hop on this plane. Yeah, you know, I got all the footage on GoPro. I'll probably release it. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. Damn, I like that. Yeah. That right there is like I'm about to get married, but I still gotta work. But yeah, you know, and I still made it happen. Yeah. And it was crazy. My was like, you better make it back, like. You know, and I'm like, damn. And I think at that time, too, it was like a hurricane or something that was coming in. So I was like, I have to fly before that. So it, it, it definitely was a lot of variables in that whole equation as well. Yeah. But I was able to make that happen and then did the did the movie, which kind of gave me a, a, a foot in the door to being a, um, you know, SAG, SAG uh, stunt. 
performer. And then from there, I just went, you know, just kept doing networking and getting more jobs to get me uh, qualified, more foresight to be a part of the union. And then I was just, you know, I had a lot of people that helped me along the way. Mm. And, um, you know, want, like shout out to my uh, my mentor, J- uh, Jay Lynch. Okay. Uh, Jay, Lilla, Jay Lynch, he's a phenomenal dude. Mm. Um, one of the one of the first black stunt performers for movies. Mm. Um, I could sit here and do my whole interview on him. But <laughs> it's not like, you know, you just got to Google him. Go on IMDb and check him out. He's been in over 200 and some films. But oh, man, you need to give him a call and tell him to come yeah. through. Nah, he just, he's actually, he should be here. I saw, I just saw on his story, he's coming back from doing Fast and Furious 9. So okay. he'll be back soon. I see, you know. He's oh, so they down. moving, they, the series still going. I thought Hobbs and Shaw was a spinoff nah. and they going, okay. Nah. Uh, nah, nah, they finishing that up right now. Well, they just fin- he just finished this uh, set up and there. He was out in Tablish, Tablish. I can't even pronounce it. Y'all see that? Bangladesh. Some over there. Yeah, I don't know. Some, some over there. Some shit I can't pronounce. <laughs> that shit ain't hit. Nah, nah. But uh, yeah, he, he, that dude does bikes. He does cars. He's a major influence in my life, man. And, That's you know, crazy, I just man. hope to be, you know, one day to be that great. You know what I mean? When it comes to being a stunt performer and just hold, holding the integrity that he holds and not being like, you would meet him, dudes worth millions, but you wouldn't even know. He's just super, super humble, humble down to earth. And, you know, we've bonded so much um, over the last couple of years. Um, just, you know, his daughter drives as well. Um, shout out Brianna Lynch too. She's a, mm-hmm. another black stunt performer in the game. Um, she did, uh, um, Taraji's part in, um, uh, Proud Mary. Yeah. She was a driver in the car. She did, um, Black Panther. She mm-hmm. was a driver in the car. She did a bunch of other stuff. I'm really, I can't really. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Today, but yeah, um, but that, that, those are people and influences that, you know, kind of give me an outline on, you know, what the next step is for me. You know, like now I'm venturing into like drifting. I got a car now. So I'm building up a drift car and going to be um, pretty much testing the waters. Not testing, but I already took it out. Just know I needed to build some stuff and put some stuff on it to getting that done. But like, I mean, my plans is to, to be more than just the bike scene, you know, because I feel like I had an opportunity. Why not take advantage of it? So what is the ultimate goal? You know, because we talked a little downstairs that you were setting yourself up for success to get to the master plan. So what is the master plan for your movement? For Bice Over Bangham, I, I honestly want to have, a, I want to be able to facilitate riders and facilitate um, people like myself um, so that it isn't, it isn't as hard to get into what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like it was a lot of, lot of work to get where I'm at and I'm still not you know in a place where I can say yo I'm consistent I'm, I'm doing you know I'm still yeah. I'm still hard working right. I'm working hard um, but I want to be able to to facilitate the writers like the kids that I mentor um, I've been able to get them in some some um, projects as well um, I did was a Harley Davidson I want to say yeah Harley Davidson I did things like live the legends or legends campaign that mm-hmm. they did so I did a commercial where one of the kids played me as a kid. It's like black kid and like two white kids, one girl, one boy, and then a black um, little kid. He's on yeah. the pedal bike. They pedaling bikes. They all racing, and then you see the and then it kind of pans into the wheel and the wheel spinning and turns into a Harley wheel. And then they yeah. pan out and it's you know the two the two white riders that you know grew up to be Harley riders and then it's me, the yeah, black, yeah. black rider. Just grew up to be a writer as well, and then you know mm-hmm. go past. So I was able to get him a spot in that. He's um, and I helped him get into like some quick and long commercials, and now mm-hmm. he's 
pretty much uh, up for whatever, you know, like he's able to get and he's, he has his foot in the door and then another, um, a couple other kids too, they, you know, have them do auditions and just open up the doors. That's kind of like what, what, what um, my plan is for everything, obviously merchandise, all that stuff we have as well. But really the, the ultimate goal is just to create a lane for us, you know, and not just black, but just, you know, inner city minority people that don't have uh, the resources to, to becoming something other than what we see all the time, like mm-hmm. rapping or ball playing and nothing wrong with that, but there's other things out there and bikes was that for me. Mm. You know, I'm I'm I've always call myself or I always like to refer to myself as like the Mike Jordan of the bike game. Yeah, know? for sure. I mean my icon on my Instagram is me stretched out like Mike Jordan on yeah, my bike. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I feel like to me that's that's what it is for me. You know, I didn't have a ball in my hand, I had a throttle in my hand. So like that's what life is for me. You know, mm. it's bikes, it's bike bikes on my fingers. You know, like that's that's what life is for me. Have you ever felt like, yeah, like man, what was I'm the just, worst accident that you ever had on these bikes? Because I feel like I, didn't I, have, I wouldn't even willy a bicycle when I was a kid. I was like, like, fuck that. I almost <laughs> died like right here um, when you exit off the 10. You know, I was on I was on a, a bike night ride, which is like Wednesday night bike night. And this is when I was on my street bike coming into a corner hot, downshifted to like second, coming in hot. And it was a kid that was following me. And... He didn't have as much skill, you know, mm. and he saw me and he was just on me like, oh, he kind of racing me. And I'm like, all right, so I guess he got this. <laughs> I'm right. going into this corner. I'm doing like 65, 70 mm. and the corner's rated at 30. So I'm oh, going no. double the speed. You know, I'm, I know how to handle it. And I see this kid comes past me and I'm, I'm already into locked in and I'm like, I'm in the apex and every, I look, I see him and he starts to go straight to the wall because he didn't lean in. He uh. didn't, he didn't, he didn't line it up. And boom, he hit the he hit the the, the oh, side. You, okay, so you know the ten freeway. Uh-huh. You coming from the ten, you going east, and you going right right by. And you trans you transferring from the ten to the one ten to the median. It's like a median there or something. Nah, like it turns right by the convention center. Okay, where okay. Pico and all that yeah. is. Okay. And you know how like it, it's like say this this is a circle you come you're coming from the ten and it turns like this and then boom you go into the one ten right towards Hollywood okay. towards the one on one so before you make that transition he we coming around this corner and I'm right here he hits the bounces off the wall and he still got a lot of momentum so he, and he gets on the gas still and there's a car oh, and he's man. there's a car about the T bone him so I let up I I let up and I'm like brush against the car. And pushes him, push him out the way. He hit the wall and kind of lined the wall. But then I got, I go to get back up, like to bring my bike back up, and then it just loses traction oh, as man. I'm exiting out of the the turn. So then my bike slides all the way down to one ten. I'm sliding down to one ten too, flipping. All I see is oh, like fuck. lights, lights. I see red lights, white lights, red lights, and I'm Damn. flipping. And then the, as it stops, I slide and stop. My bike is all the way up there, and I stop, and I'm like, here's a car's white headlights. And it's me, and I'm like, oh, damn, I almost got hit. Luckily, oh in that ambulance came through. They were already in that traffic because it was traffic. Picked me up, you know, checked out my scars. I wasn't too badly beat up. Homies have a, a pickup truck. They always ride with us in bike night just in case something like that happened. They put my bike in. I went to bike night. And that's like one of many of crashes that I had on the street. But I just remember that's one that I like really saw, yeah. you know, like flashes. Yeah. yeah, dude. But like, Whew. I didn't broke both ankles before. I just got off a broken ankle. Uh-huh. Um, like, I had my whole summer. I was in the cast. And then this summer, yeah. like I, recently, I just got 
out of a cast to a boot to like, you know, like now I'm still walking, I'm still doing a rehab for that. That's why you see me, you know, at the gym, I'm, doing, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get, I'm not trying, but I'm getting back to to normal. But that's my life, dude. Like we do so many, so many, so much dangerous things. It's just like, you know, even with bad boys, yeah, crashes. We had dudes break collarbones. I mean, that's part of the stunt. That's yeah, I guess it comes with the territory, man. You know what you're signing up for, so yeah. you gotta just expect But I, I mean, I look at it like, man, I was doing this, I was doing this in the hood for free. Right. You know what I mean? Now I get to get paid to do something that, you know, you that, love. I, that I love to do. And then, like I said, I was doing it for free. Not to say that it's not worth what it's worth now. It's been worth that, but now I've been able to tap into a network and a system that allows me to continue to build on my skill and utilize it to you know to its full potential and hopefully build that to bring other people along with me right, you know, kids right. and whoever but that's really the basis behind bikes over bangers is that to be able to 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 display and present and to capitalize on what we have to bring that's that's what bikes over there that's what it is brother i mean like i said i love the movement you know and i appreciate the movement you know for what the the positive change is looking to make for the grand scheme of things you know but you sound like a workaholic you know stunt master i mean what does quarter t do to unwind what do you do to chill i mean you got the wife my, family, like, man, my yeah, son watch my that? son like watch my son do his thing man it gives me a lot of joy watching the kids do their thing watching them accomplish goals and i mean i just i'm regular bro like Stud dude, like yeah. I like yeah man, I chill, like I chill with some of my homies. Like we, I mean, we just uh, talked earlier, you know, some of the same people we know, mm-hmm. you know, celebrity dudes. Yeah, we yeah. like shout out to Fetty Wap, Mr. Great, RGF. Yeah, yeah, no, my brother. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nah, um, that's it, my man. Brother. <laughs> that's what he yeah, did. my brother. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, but that's it, man. Hanging out and just you know enjoying times, man. Enjoying the time that I got here, man. Because you know, you never know, man, when your time's up. But I feel like, you know, it can't always be all work. You know, you gotta enjoy what you build too. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. And I think that that's 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 it, man. And then knowing when it's time to get back in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I'm doing now, preparing to get back into the trenches. I mean, not to say I got out of them, but you know, getting in the deep part now to where, you know, it's a lot of risk, but you know, the benefits. Risk yeah, the rewards, you know, there's no that's reward scale. without the risk. Yeah, risk of the rewards. Shout out to Nip Hustle, man. Got to balance it out. And yeah, I see man. the tails, the, the scale tipping on me, so I got to get it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, RIP Nip Hustle, the Mad Don continues straight GMT, up, baby. man. Yeah, I got the uh, dedication bike that I did. Um, my 450 race bike, I just put a bunch of all money in on it, and I... Uh, I worked with him a few times. I mean, we did the store release and, you know, having conversations. And I was connected back to him before, you know, a lot of the fame. Because mm-hmm. my homie Nigel, rest in peace, and I mm-hmm. lived on 60th Street. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and all, like his whole team, all the 60s, all of them, like, I was able to get or touch in touch with them before. You know, it got big to where every like more mainstream, but they still who they are. But it's just like a lot of mainstream now. But before that, I was able to get. I remember Nye calling me like, "Yo," because we was, we started off on like little fifty bikes. We had street bikes, but we bought fifties, like little Honda fifties, and made them into little stunt bikes to practice and get tricks down. And I started mastering that. I killed it, and he he bought one. My homie Nigel, and he and we go. I would go over his house um, to help him work on it, and then. Um, once he got set up and we started doing little shows, I was able to get a sponsorship for, from um, 
LRG, you know, mm. shout out to Jonas, rest in peace, Jonas. Um, and that's like some of my early, you know, uh, ventures into networking. But um, he introduced me to Nip back then when he was doing like music and I didn't really know who he was like that. You know, I just knew the 60s. I remember him calling, not, not calling me like, come through, bring your bike. And I'm like, man, the 60s needs to be snatching this shit. Like, I ain't gonna yeah. go over there and get my bike took. Like, yeah. you know, and he like, man, you gonna be here with me, man. I'm like, you know, everybody needs to tell you that, but I'm like, all right, I'll pull yeah, up. Got no pull he like, man, like yeah. So I pull up and it's just like that. You know, now it was that dude, you know, and he's pulling up, oh, cuz, who is this? Cuz, nice. I thought you was the hardest night. He's like, oh, my boy Curtis T put me on and, like, cuz he all the niggas that was over there and they just always show love. And now I am where I am now. It's like, man, damn, cuz you still doing this shit. You yeah. still out here representing. Like, you know, I remember getting calls from my homie JT, like, yo, pull up, you know, like, I'm on the block. You know, I'm on uh I'm on Madden with uh with um with BH. Like pull up, pull up on the bike. And you know, I took the electric bike over there when I was sponsored by Alta. Mm. I took the bike over there and uh let let uh BH hop on. He like, cuz what's this? Cuz <laughs> this, this motherfucker, this electric cuz like put it on the power mode, low power mode. He like, damn, I put it on the high one. He like, oh, cuz give me one of these. Like, this motherfucker, they can't even hear it. I'm like, yeah. you know, but that was like relationship. That's why I say network is the biggest part of uh, of life, man. Right. If you you can't be scared to speak, you can't be a, be afraid to like get out here and, and touch and talk to people. You know what I mean? When you hit me up about this interview, you know, I just hit Will like, yo, you know, pull up. We are gonna go do this interview, and I didn't even really we had really yeah, had yeah, talk yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, but I'm like, yo, I do interviews all day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a networking opportunity, so Thanks. I pulled up. You know, like, and that's just what it is, man. Especially in L.A. It's a lot of opportunity, and I know that I got the upper hand on a lot of the dudes that are on the East Coast. And even when I look at my social network following, I got like 20,000 followers or whatever. But I look at a lot of the East Coast dudes, they got like 120,000, and they, they reach out to all these people. Mm-hmm. But they're reaching out to people that they can't really do nothing but like your picture and do stuff. I look at my, my 20,000, I got so many people that I know that are in the industry that are like, that have a lot of pull different places. So to me, it's like, yo, you. Your networking really, uh, it's not who you know. I mean, it's not what you know, it's who you know mm-hmm. and then what, and who they know. So it's like now I, I see my hands being able to extend more. It's just now it's me focusing on tapping into that to utilize it, to bring it, all of it together. Right. So that I can do this, mm-hmm. you know, like I just won a poker game. That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can bring these chips in and, and you know, start branching them out to the, to the right right people. Right. You know I mean, that's around me and surrounding me. And stuff. Yeah, like they say, your network is your net worth. No. Nah. For real, that's for a real. big fact. For real, for real. But shit, man, I want to thank you for coming through, my brother. Oh, man. You, know, you give me a lot of information, it. man. And uh, I wish you much success with Body Off and Banging, man. I think, like I said, it's definitely a step forward to change the perception on gang banging culture. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Take We're a major vision. influence mm-hmm. on a lot of it, bro. I mean, you can see from everything that always goes viral and big, mm-hmm. this negative stuff that comes from us. It's like, man, what you think influenced you know, everybody in the hood to be who we are is just that. Right. You know, like, you know, I'm here to get a positive side of it. So I'm going to continue to do so. As you're doing, man. Keep up the great work, yes, man. Sir. I want to thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of Sleepers for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas, the boy Quarter T. Let the people know where they can follow you. Hey, man, you can follow me at Quarter MFNT. That's K-O-R-T-A-M-F-N-T. And if you want to get more information about Bikes Over Banging, you can follow us and check us out. Um, www.bikesoverbanging, B A N G N.com. And it's the same for our Instagram, B I K E S 
B-A-N-G-N, and that's the at in front. And Instagram, man. Check us out. There it is, man. Sleep is for billionaires. The podcast. Make sure you subscribe, because I need it, goddammit. We don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we out of here, man. Let's get it. Out.